Hey everybody, welcome back to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the podcast that keeps you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. I am your host, Paul Turner, and I am so glad to be back with all of you. Uh, took Easter weekend off. Uh, took uh, Good Friday and uh, spent that as a day of rest and reflection. I hope that you did as well. I hope you had a fantastic Easter. And uh, Jesus is still risen. Hallelujah. Uh, that is uh, what we believe. It's not just uh, once a year, but it's something we believe every day that Jesus is alive. And today I bring to you, I come back to you, uh, guns a-blazing here with a, uh, a two-part podcast, an interview that I did with Jared Elrod, who is a blogger over at uh, youthfactor.us or .us, whatever, which way you choose to say it. But he is also a, uh, a uh, YouTuber and uh, youth pastor. And we got to talking about some things about callings and taking our calling seriously. And and Jared is, uh, if you watch his videos on YouTube there, and by the way, his links will be down in the show notes below, uh, you will see that he has a he has a fire about him, about motivating other youth workers, much like I do, uh, about really putting in the time. And, and it evolved into this conversation about taking our calling seriously, you know? Um, and not that we, that we don't take the calling seriously. Sometimes we don't take the work seriously. Sometimes we, I mean, the calling is serious. But that you know moves itself into the work you know flow, right? If we believe something, it, it manifests itself, correct? And so, in doing that, I wanted to have a conversation with him about that. And so, we spent an hour together, and we've broken down this podcast into two parts uh, for your listening pleasure. And uh, and so, we're going to get into that. If you are not a subscriber, by the way to the Fresh Impact Newsletter, please go on over to the uh, thedisciplesproject.net and sign up for uh, the newsletter there where it says Start Making an Impact Today. And uh, click there because you want to be signed up for it because I send out extra show notes, uh, extra little worksheets, uh, extra little uh, tidbits there that you're not going to get in the show notes below. You get links, you'll get general things like that. But I really dive a little bit deeper and give you a little bit more in the podcast, uh, from the podcast in the actual newsletter. So I hope that you go over to thedisciplesproject.net and sign up for the Impact Newsletter. So anyway, so without further ado, everybody, here is my interview, part one, with Jared Elrod from youthfactor.us. But with me today... Uh, for those uh, that are listening, is uh, Jared Elrod. He is a uh, blogger and YouTuber and social media fanatic. Uh, and all you can catch him over at uh, youthfactor.us or US, whichever way you choose to say that. And uh, and so if you're joining us for the first time, uh, hey, we have a lot to cover today, and uh, we're going to get into it. So you could be watching this, or you could be listening to this, because these this will probably make it to uh, one or both of our YouTube channels. So be aware of that, uh, that we're talking both in audio and video, however you choose to you know, think about that. <laughs> uh, you can listen visually, or you can visually listen, whichever you choose to do. Um, but anyway, Jared, welcome. Welcome to the podcast, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. And uh, Jared and I met. How did we meet? Did we meet on Twitter? Is that how we? Is that how we connected? Yeah, I tried to Gary V you, and then you out Gary V'd me back. So um, <laughs> that's <and> true. Instant <laughs> connection. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's true. Both of us are Gary V fans, and if you're not familiar with who Gary Vaynerchuk is, uh, he is a social media uh, guy, CEO of uh, VaynerMedia, and uh, we like a lot of his business stuff. Not a big fan of Potty Mouth, but we are a fan of the business principles. That's just how he rolls. Isn't that right? That uh, is correct. That's how he rolls. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hate him. I know some youth pastors that got potty mouth. So, 
Shame on them. <laughs> They're mostly, well, I won't say that. I was going to call somebody <laughs> out. I was going to call, I was going to call a group of people out. I thought, no, I better not do that. That's not going to work very well. Um, so today uh, is the 10 year anniversary as listening to this. And probably when you listen to this, it may be, uh, it's just about a week old maybe or so, but, but anyway, let me just share a few of these, Jared, that I, I maybe mean, we can go back and forth and, and read a few here. Um, these are tweets that were tweeted 10 years ago. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm oh, close to 10,000 tweets. I should have made it a goal to hit like 10,000 on this day, but I wasn't smart enough or quick enough to do that. I think I'm like 500 tweets short. I don't know what I would tweet. I mean, I could get on there now and like go crazy <laughs> and like lose all my followers. And, uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, um, <laughs> so what is Paul doing? He's lost his mind. He's just uh, talking random <laughs> junk. So, okay. So these are tweets uh, that were tweeted in 2006. I'll take the first one and then uh, we can go back to you, uh, Jared. I'm going to go down a little bit lower. I'm going to go down to the one. Number four on this list is uh, uh, Mike. Uh, I don't know. Okay. We, I will just say Mike. I won't say, I won't say like real names, I guess, but uh, Mike Stickle, I guess I can't, nobody's going to know who Mike Stickle is. Mike Stickle is going to return a movie to Blockbuster and maybe grab some snack food. Poor Blockbuster, right, Jared? That's uh, it's a sad era, snack right? Do you, you miss mean? Blockbuster? No, I actually worked at Hollywood <laughs> Video. So Did you really work? I, I did. I worked at Hollywood Video uh, twice, uh, once as just a regular person and once as a, uh, a manager. So I, don't, wow. I didn't go into Blockbuster very often. When I did, no. I was... Felt like I was in enemy territory. <laughs> They're the enemy territory. Did you have better deals? Did you really have the better deals, or did Blockbuster? Uh, you can say I mean, that they had a lot more stuff. Yeah, neither company really exists anymore. They had a lot more yeah. stuff, but like generally, you weren't going to the the movie store to get stuff. You're going to get movies. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But, they did the extra because they had to make up for the fact that they were losing business. Yeah. So they had to have lots of candy and paraphernalia and, and just uh, yeah, posters and toys. I mean, we had a little bit, yeah. but like not. Like they had a ton of it, it was kind of weird. But anyways. okay, why don't you choose a, choose a tweet on there? Something that uh, amuses you. Yeah, my my first one that caught my eye was number two. Um, and, uh, for, actually, to be honest, the first thing that catches my eye is the fact that this is back when you would just put is and then it would like go with your screen name. Yeah, like, I remember doing that. Like Jared Elrod is watching a movie. So anyways, <laughs> this is just, her screen name is, is playing with her new razor. Who knew finding the perfect green to- ringtone from the Clash could take so long? I remember having the, a razor and thinking I was the coolest person ever for having that phone. They were they were good phones. They lasted quite a while. Yep, they were nice and thin. <laughs> uh, let's see. Another one for me was uh, <laughs> number five is learning yeah. about MySpace, LiveJournal, and YouTube from co-op students. Wow! <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> I yeah. forgot LiveJournal even existed. Like it's taken me. I'm I'm having all these memories come back now. <laughs> really? I've never. I don't think yeah. I ever did LiveJournal. I remember doing MySpace. Did you have a MySpace? Oh yeah, I was. I was like BizDevving on MySpace before I knew what BizDev was. We had like a film <laughs> team, and like I had so many connections, and so like, I was so resistant to Facebook because I was like, no, I have so much like social equity built up on MySpace. I don't want this <laughs> Facebook thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! And and for our uh, for our friends who don't know what biz dev is, go ahead and explain that uh, business development. So the whole idea business of reaching out and making connections and and, and whatnot. Right. right. We speak that Vayner speak that biz dev, <laughs> that biz to biz, that B to B, that uh, 
all that kind of stuff. So, uh, all right. So do you have another one? Give me another one there uh, yeah. that, that catches your eye. Yeah. Uh, Richard S made a really bad decision by switching from his iPod to a Zune. Oh no. <laughs> Why would he do that? Zune he... came in chocolate. Oh, well, that's true. It did come in chocolate. I'm wondering if he still has it. Do you think he still treasures it? Uh, he's, either that or he sold it on eBay by now. <laughs> How much do you think he got for that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. Yeah, so number eight. Uh, I, de- P- I deactivated my Facebook account today because Zanga is sufficient for my blogging purposes. <laughs> I don't know. I think I tried Zanga like once. But – I wonder if he reactivated. Pete, if you're out there, let us know if you reactivated your <laughs> Facebook account or if, in fact, Zanga still exists somewhere on the black web somewhere, yeah. the interwebs. I don't, I don't even know if Zanga – like the only thing I know of Zanga is, is the gaming. Uh, Mark – what's his name? The gaming platform that like kind of got real popular with Farmville and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or that's Zynga maybe. Um, I, I don't oh, even yeah. know what Zanga is as a social – I remember uh, – I don't. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> All right. Well, give me give me one more there, and I'll I'll go one more, and then we'll uh, we'll jump into some other things. So, anything there catch your eye? Yeah. Uh, number uh huh. Number um. Ten, so many of these are MySpace. Number ten again is is working on her new MySpace layout, and I remember. <laughs> That I remember my wife would spend so much time getting, you know, like get all set up. And then a couple of weeks later, would be like working on it again. I'm like, you just did that. Just pick something and stick with it. <laughs> there are people, man, who, the, hey, they had to have the right colors. Yeah. And I, I want to just want to say for the record, I never bought into the whole MySpace bulletin board thing. I never had a bulletin board. I never put no. like bumper stickers. I never, why would you put a bumper sticker on a bulletin board that I never got into? So, yeah. Well, you know, that's, um, you know, like I said, people, people use, you know, I don't know, Justin Timberlake still like own MySpace. Didn't he own, yeah. didn't he buy yeah, that? He bought it. Yeah, he bought it. And it's, it's now like a, it's, it's actually very similar to um, Spotify, but Spotify is a little more heavy on music and very uh-huh. light on social and where, where MySpace is a little more heavy on social and a little lighter on music, but it's essentially like a social music sharing where you connect with your favorite bands and, and form groups around music you like and stuff. So it's it's wow. kind of like Spotify. There, but okay. today, for those of you that are listening, uh, we appreciate you uh, listening, being a part of the Youth Ministry Motion podcast. And today, we're getting into a topic that uh, that Jared brought up is taking our calling seriously. And this is what we call the meat of the podcast, if you will. And uh, and so, Jared, tell us a little bit about how the topic got up. I, was it the fact that you were talking to slacker youth pastors? Is that how it came up? <laughs> You're talking to a bunch of slacker youth pastors and said, this is a problem. Uh, yeah, exactly. No. Um, <laughs> actually, it kind of started when I – so I had been out of youth ministry for a few years. I thought I was going to be done. I'd been running a business, uh, running my business, doing freelance work and whatnot. And, uh, and I, when I got back into youth ministry, I was like – really interested. I'm like, how's this going to work? Because like, I remember how I was as a youth pastor and I know how I am now as like a business guy. What, what's that going to look like when I take like who I am now and go back into youth ministry? And so I was just really interested in that. And, and I just noticed I was a lot more focused. I was a lot more, um, I kind of had this attitude of like, okay, I've spent the last like three years uh, trying to sell words as, you know, copywriting marketer, trying to sell other people's stuff. Uh, you know, knowing of other people who who would just sell, you know, like um, the 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 line I used is um, T-shirts on Teespring, 
you know, and, and putting in 14 hour days to get these mm-hmm. t-shirt, this t-shirt empire. I actually had a friend who went from like nothing, uh, I'm a safe friend, an acquaintance from nothing to like a multi-million dollar business selling t-shirts on Teespring. Wow. And so then I got back into youth ministry and I was all fired up. I'm like, yeah. And I, I get in and, um, and I'm expecting to be like, um, not, not like the young guy, but I'm just expecting like, okay, I gotta get back in. I gotta relearn a bunch of this stuff. I gotta catch up culturally with the youth and all this kind of thing. So I start jumping into Facebook groups, um, particularly and start jumping in conversations. And also I realized like there was a big difference between like the way my business friends hustled and are talked. And then like the way like the youth pastors were talking and like my business friends and all the groups I was in, everything, not, not everything was like so serious, but like they, they had passion. And some of their businesses, even though they're my friends, in my opinion, were just dumb, you know, or things that didn't matter. Like I have a, re- a good buddy who um, sells animations and he's an awesome guy and the animations are amazing that he does. But like, you know, a hundred years from now, they're, they're not going to be around. It's not like Walt Disney. Uh, and so just to see the different like passion and then I get into youth pastor groups and, and just see some of the conversations and it kind of bummed me out. And I was kind of thinking like, oh man, like where's, where's the difference here? Uh, and so then I started reading. So I was thinking like, well, maybe it's just different in youth ministry. And I remember thinking back to myself and I was like, you know, I was kind of a slacker. Like I remember the thing that was on my mind the most as a youth pastor is like my family time, quote unquote, which right. um, was really my Netflix time. Um, I was in the room with my family, but I was, I was just watching a show or surfing the internet. And so anytime there was something like a graduation, a football game, something my pastor would be like, oh, you should go to this. I, like, I resented it because I was like, you know what? I'm off the clock. Um, I'm home. You're interfering. Like, you know, it goes God, family, then ministry. And you're interfering right, with right. that. And, and that really like bothered me then. And then now I'm looking back to like, I was an idiot. Like, no wonder, like I wasn't having the results I was looking for. I was all worried about getting off at four o'clock and going home. Uh, and so, yeah, that got me thinking. And then I started listening to, I'll wrap this up, uh, a bio- biography on DL Moody. And then he's talking about, he mentioned a couple other guys, um, in there, um, George Mueller and then um, uh, Spurgeon and Mm -hmm. the different quotes. And they all had the same attitude of like, Hey, what we're doing as ministers is super serious. I mean, Moody started out when kids ministry and he, you know, and like youth pastors, at least when I grew up, like love to make fun of, of kids pastors, but here's the, here's a kids pastor. Who would not make fun of DL Moody? No, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and, and this whole concept of like how uh, how serious in terms of again not neglecting their families not you know any of these things not you know ending their lives well not having moral failures because of burnout or all these things i was told i was i, I was told by pastors and pastors um recently like i'm gonna have an affair and, and uh, cheat on my wife because i'm working too much and and bro you need to relax and please promise me you're gonna stop working as hard and um, all these comments I had heard, I actually got attacked on a couple articles I wrote. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. And the, the, so you wonder why I get all fired up about this. Like some <laughs> of the dumb things I got comments on. And I'm like, and the thing that I kept coming to uh, is the fact of like, it bothers me that my old set of friends, I shouldn't say old because I'm still friends with them, but like they're working so hard to sell like, you know, things, you know, Steve Jobs made that comment about like sugar water. So like in my mind, it's like, you know, the whole Teespring shirt, the whole sugar water idea. Right. Um, they're working so hard to do that. And then like my comrades in ministry are chatting about their favorite video games and this and that. Again, not to say that any of that stuff, in, you know, is necessarily inherently bad, 
but just to see that that was the focus. And I was like, why, like where, like, shouldn't we be more passionate as, as you know, we have a more important mission and we have people's like lives and souls and, you know, that we're in the balance of. And it was really refreshing for me to go back a hundred years and listen to these guys. And re- cause I was thinking like, well, God, maybe, am I in error? Like, am I, you know, I mean, you, you know, entrepreneurs are kind of known for not having balance and, you know, sometimes having issues and burning out and, and yeah. having relationship problems. So is it me? Like, am I actually, and then luckily he kind of guided me towards these three men um, with the first with DL Moody and then these other two through it. And I'm kind of reading their stuff still going through it. And I was refreshed cause I'm like, okay, so no, I think, Obviously, there's been, you know, people in the past who had similar and they were able to walk that line um, and, and you know, not, not like the one counselor pastor um, <laughs> yeah. who told me, like, I have a moral fa- failure because I'm working too many hours. So, yeah. Anyways, that's kind of what got me all on, on this topic and, and came up on it because of some of the conversations I saw and some of the blowback I was getting for some of the things I was saying. Well, and the blowback and the blowback you got was simply about just basically <coughs> lay, was basically to lay low and to just chill out and just kind of like yeah. don't worry about stuff. Yeah, and the general consensus was um, about thirty-five to forty hours a week is all you should be working um, as a youth pastor. Anything more than that, and you're kind of in error. Uh, and not said, but I was kind of getting the the hint of like rocking the boat. <laughs> right. Um, and so it was like, they were all, and they, and they were like, Oh, you know what? If it's a big thing, like if you have summer, if you have camp or something like that, it's okay to hit 50. And I was like, if you have camp, you're hitting 50 in the, you know, I, in a couple, like in a couple of days, like, how are you not, I don't know. I, I kind of got really annoyed. And then I, and then I'm looking at these other posts where they're talking about their, their sermon prep and how they'll spend like, six hours to eight hours to 10 or 12 hours. And I'm like, I'm trying to do the math here. I'm like, you know, I, I was never great at math, but I'm like, okay, so if you're spending <laughs> upwards of 12 hours a week, like not like time with the Lord, but like just doing all your sermon stuff, getting your notes, you know, getting your PowerPoints, getting all your stuff together. If you're spending anywhere from six to 12 hours doing that, and you're only working, you know, that's, that's a week and you're only working 35 hours a week. Yeah. Um, you're not talking to students. Cause I've seen, tons of that, you know, talking about how, no, we have our small group leaders talk to students. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this then, you know, because the times I was thinking about this the other day, how I spend my time and how I do things. It is much easier today. Whereas you had to either spend a number of hours or however long you spent working on uh, mailing lists right? Mm-hmm. You would do mailing lists to contact students. You would write, you'd physically write out postcards or you would do birthday cards or you would do whatever. And today, you know, rather than uh, in doing that, I just got on this new app called Musical.ly and, uh, and got on there and found um, the Beatles, uh, <laughs> the birthday song, you know, today's your birthday. It's mm-hmm. my birthday too. And, uh, and so I did a little, just a little lip sync with that. And okay. sent it and put it on and, and you know, uh, included the girl in it. And so it was me singing the Beatles' Happy Birthday. <laughs> and that, that took all of about, you know, like a minute or two. And yeah. so what would you say then to guys who say, well, you know what? We don't have to work as hard. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's about necessarily work. Is it, is it, maybe I'll just ask you, is it, as far as taking your calling seriously, is it about the amount of hours put in? Or is it about the amount of effort put into the hours you do spend in what you're doing? 
Yeah, uh, I think it's both. Um, I mean, because you, you obviously can't just be sitting around the office, you know, not doing anything or not being effective because that doesn't really do any good. And I was totally guilty of that in the past. I would spend just time because I had office hours and I was still you know, like a really young youth pastor and I had older, you know, like senior pastors who were very watching. So I was like, I got to be behind a desk. I have to be putting in the hours. And I was doing dumb stuff that was like not really contributing that much to, to the ministry where I could have been doing other things. So that's one aspect. Like you can't just sit behind a desk for eight hours a day and, and think that you're going to, you know, something's going to matter. Like God's going to honor the fact that your butt's in the seat. That's not going to happen. I, it's um, all, that's the old school thinking of office hours. Yes. That if you spend eight hours there and at the end of your career, you get a gold watch. If you put all your hours in <laughs> yeah. and you retire and everybody celebrates and that kind of stuff. Well, that era, yes, Mad Men, that Mad Men era, if yeah. I will, uh, is over. So then what then does taking your calling seriously as part, as far as, as far as that looks, what does that, th- what does that look like to you? Well, describe to me the person who takes their calling seriously that are in, in youth ministry positions that regardless of how many hours, because obviously there's, there's volunteers, right? There's volunteers who don't get paid to do it. There are bivocational who have an extra job and, uh, and what they do in the youth ministry. Then there's a the full-time guy. So are we, are we targeting the the full time guys that are not using their time effectively, or or who or, or how can we describe what serious calling is spread out amongst those three dynamics? Yeah, that's tough to say because without actually knowing the person, and you know, I, I personally believe that there's a difference between like um, like a youth pastor called in uh, called into his ministry and the person who's filling in because you know they're the youth leader who's like there running it. Right. Um, maybe, you know, because there's no one else. And even if they've done it for a long time, um, I feel like there's a little bit, they're being a little more faithful in terms of just being obedient when they needed to versus like the, the career youth pastor, the guy who's called in, um, as the minister, I think there's a little bit of a difference in terms of calling, um, and responsibility there, but whether it be bivocational or specifically uh, full time, like if you're full time, um, I don't see how you can be a full-time youth pastor and and be putting in you know 35 hours uh, a week because um, that's that's generally what you're supposed to do is office time uh, and that doesn't count for you know any of the, the human side. But for me, I guess to, to answer that best, I think that every youth pastor needs to figure out kind of their own personal like unique calling in terms of um, obviously we're doing youth ministry, but that can look different at different places. And what are you good at? Uh, I, when I first got into youth ministry, like I, I preached every couple of weeks on calling that was like, and then like your specific gifts. And I, I really believe that every one of us is obviously different. And it's because there's people out there that only Jared Elrod are going to be able to reach. And there's people right. out there that only, you know, student, you know, Jane is going to be able to reach. And so I tell my students, like, you know, you may feel like you're weird and you may think that that's a negative, but you know what? Maybe there's other weird people out there that are just your kind of weird that only you can read. Like I won't be able to reach because their weirdness is going to like clash with my weirdness and it's not going to work. Only you can reach them. So I feel like it's the youth pastor really understands, um, uh, at least on some level kind of, so he's not just doing mailing lists all day, or he's not just looking over the shoulder of just, Oh, this is what is popular now, but he knows, or she knows what they are good at. And, um, that's what they spend their time in. So when I first got started, my very first, um, youth ministry, well, my full, first time it was my home church and I kind of worked over years my way up um before I got in I was the media minister and so when I took over youth um, I continued doing that and I had the majority of the youth group in my media ministry 
And I was able to do so much one-on-one discipleship, not in a formal setting, but because at the time um, I wasn't, I was lacking most youth pastor skills, but I was really, I'd been doing media ministry for years and I knew how to work with people one or two or three at a time. So I'd have my kind of, it was almost like a small group, except for, you know, we had something we're doing. And then uh, my classic example is, uh, you know, like I would see something, you know, up in one of the guy's lives or, or someone else would come, uh, maybe a few kids. Uh, there was a couple of times where like, Hey, this, this kid, there's something going on. He's even got an attitude. He's being really rude. He's putting us down. So I'd be like, Hey, Hey man, call your mom, let, let her know. Like, I'll give you a ride home. And they knew what that meant. That meant that we, you know, we were going to have a talk and so, you know, we home. And so I did all this out of what I knew, which was how to run the media ministry. Um, because as far as like setting events and like, it was a miracle my first year that I even got us to youth convention. And that was half planned by the last youth pastor. So I, I worked on my strengths. I mean, we did an outreach where the, the main focus was a short film that we made. Um, and then the band, cause there's already a band established, you know, did, did worship and they did mm-hmm. a little drama. Um, so I worked on my strengths and now over the years, those have grown and those have increased and been blessed. But uh, that was kind of what I did. So I feel like, you know, you, you need to not just do what, is necessarily normally expected. You need to kind of figure out who you are and also figure out your environment. Um, and I, I spent w- one, uh, one youth ministry position doing all skate stuff, which was not at all my gifting, not at all. Uh, but I just got to put a, a now skate on stuff. Me. We're talking about skateboarders. Is that right? Skateboarders. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not a skateboarder. My intern was not a skateboarder. <laughs> and but we, man, we set up those ramps every single week and we, we grew that youth ministry. And we were there for those kids and we we're loving on those kids. And by that time, you know, my skills had grown. And so I was a little bit better. Uh, I was still shaking a lot of areas, but I, I had gotten pretty good at, you know, meeting a couple kids and just kind of working with them and, and making connections and, and so that's what we did. Just, you know, one, two kids at a time, the youth ministry took off because of, you know, we found a need. So those are like two key things I think is finding out like your specific kind of calling, what mm-hmm. it is that you're good at and your gifts, and then really focusing on that. Um, and then uh, that's, that's how you kind of decide what else, like what can be farmed out to volunteers. It's like, well, what are you good at? And what are you horrible at? You know, that kind right. of, kind of thing. Um, and then also find what, what are the needs of your students, of your community, um, and those are to me how like I figure out how to put my time in, and then I look across the board and go, okay, here's the things that I can do in two hours, but it would take someone else, you know, six hours to do, and vice versa. Here's something that I'm horrible, or I don't enjoy, or drains me, or whatever. Let's let's put leaders in those positions, right? Uh, and so that's kind of my take on it. So what I'm hearing though too is is if I were were breaking it down here. Somebody you would say that is not taking their calling seriously is not maximizing their time. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not maximizing their time in efforts to reach more students, uh, to be good at what they're good at, right? Uh, or uh, people that, you know, uh, that are, um, are, are not using their time or their gifts, right? Uh, they're not using their gifts, really, what God's given them to do. They're, they're either, you know... You know, some people think watching YouTube videos all day is an important youth ministry task. <laughs> um, that's important. You know, you have to find just the right video to show these days. Yeah. You got to find the most viral of viral videos. And you have to find that <laughs> um, to, to make kids uh, enjoy uh, whatever it is you have. So what would you say then, uh, if you could describe, give me, give me the contrast here. Give me the five qualities of somebody who is serious about their calling. If they're, in other words, whether they're bivocational, whether they're a, a volunteer, 
or, uh, you know, a Bible college volunteer or a full-time youth worker, you know, some of the things you mentioned were uh, finding out what you're good at, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, using your time wisely, um, you know, doing more hands-on with kids versus sitting in an office. What would you take maybe two other qualities maybe of a person you would describe as someone who takes their calling seriously in the ministry? Wow. How about that for a cliffhanger, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, I hope that you enjoyed that as much as I did uh, interviewing Jared. And uh, a lot of things are coming out of this. Like I said, I hope that you're going to sign up for the Fresh Impact newsletter uh, at thedisciplesproject.net. Just click the link above that says Start Making an Impact today. And uh, I hope you get that because there's, like I said, there's going to be some show notes. There's going to be some other things I'm going to put in there uh, that I think address this and talk about this as youth workers, uh, as those of us who uh, desire to... um, uh, you know, take this thing called youth ministry seriously. I know it sounds like an oxymoron, but uh, I hope you'll sign up for that. And I hope that you'll go ahead and listen to part two uh, of this podcast as we get into it a little bit more. And then, of course, wind up with uh, what Jared is nerding out about and what I'm nerding out about. And also uh, the motivational moment there at the end where I let Jared kind of speak to you guys one on one. So uh, that's it for part one, guys. I hope you tune in for part two and uh, we'll see you over there.